Hello, fam. Thank you for joining us for the Back Look Cinema podcast. I just had a program note, had a snafu when I made this recording. So when I was editing it, I accidentally erased half of the broadcast. So I had to do a quick re-edit. I had to call my son on Zoom, call Zach on Zoom. And uh, we basically uh, did a reread if you will, of, of the recording that I had accidentally trashed. Uh, it's not exactly the same conversation as the new conversation that we had. Uh, and so the audio quality is going to be different. Uh, and, and the audio quality in the original recording was not that great anyway. So you're going to notice some difference in the audio quality after the, uh, after the commercial, which is brought to you by Nuka-Cola. Thank you once again, and enjoy the rest of the show. You are now listening to the Backlook Cinema Podcast with Zach and Zoe. Thank you for joining us as we talk about the movies of yesteryear. You can reach us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter by searching for Backlook Cinema. Check our show notes for more info, and now, let's get it in. This is Zach. And this is Alonzo. Welcome, fam. Welcome back to the Backlick Cinema Podcast with Zach and Zoe. And this is our sixth episode. We're almost to our goal of eight episodes. That's awesome. Yeah, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, once again, just to remind everybody, uh, for you new people, the reason we started this podcast is because there are certain movies that I love growing up, and I wanted to share them with my offspring. Yeah, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, that's what I want to do instead of playing games. So, uh, what movie uh, did we watch this time? Con Air. Con Air, yes, an action-packed adventure from 1997. So, we went a little off, because you was born in 1996. So, uh, I think he was, he was either like six months, maybe a year old when this movie came out. So, um, yeah, we went a little off. But before we go, before uh, we continue, I just want to let people know uh, where you can find us. The show can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, and now iHeartRadio. You can even search the Backlook Cinema Podcast on Google and you'll find us. Yes, we are everywhere, folks. We are officially everywhere where you can get your podcast. And uh, you can also reach us on BacklookCinema.com. You can leave a direct comment there. You can also reach us on our socials, uh, the Twitters, the uh, Instagrams, the Facebooks. We're there. We're out there. We're everywhere. We're alive worldwide. That's where we are. And once again, please, if you like our show, then rate, review us on Apple Podcasts or the various other podcast apps that you might find us listening to be listening to us. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just look for us. We're out there. And if you don't see us, we'll find you. We'll come and get you. We'll figure it out. No. <laughs> We're not breaking no fourth wall like Deadpool. We're not doing that. That's so, not happening. So what what did you what you think of Conair? What was your first impression? Okay, yeah, it was at first it was like, okay, there's a story. Guy did something. Apparently he's 
convicted as a murderer just because it was, again, self-defense, by the way. That, that's straight up self-defense in the yeah, very first movie. That is but straight. somehow it's convicted. Murder. You murdered someone. Because because you was in the military and you are known as a lethal weapon? Yeah, murder. No, that's self-defense. He Did you not hear the court? He, he was attacked by three men. Yeah, yeah. So, okay then. But it starts off, you know, nice and decent with him coming home from, you know, doing his duties in the army. He's coming home to see his wife. He's like, oh, and he's also expecting a child from said wife. And then after that, you know, he's sent to prison. He has to wait, I think, what, seven, almost like seven to ten years in prison. And yeah. then he gets the news, like, oh, like, it's like seven years. Like, yay, I can get to see my daughter after writing to her for so long and seeing pictures of her. On her birthday, I'm going to go see her. And nothing, and I mean absolute nothing, will go wrong. And God looked down and said, ha, 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 ha. What do you think I'm doing right now? Yeah, yeah. Everything everything goes wrong in this flight. So here, here's the funny thing. Uh, I don't know. There, there are a number of plot holes. There are big, huge, gaping block, uh, plot holes in this movie. But yet, and yet... I fully enjoyed it. I enjoyed it when it came out. Oh, you mean how the metal detectors didn't pick up anything from the hand because somehow they held needles in there? Or the fact that this uh, one of the convicts had a fluid on him with a match? And I'm like, did you not pat him down? I'm pretty sure he was patted down. Well, see, the the fluid, the uh, he, he carried that in his throat. So I mean, that. fine. That's yeah, fine. But everyone else, there was a metal detector, so I'm pretty sure. I guess they figured that. The metal was small enough, but you're right. You know, they they should have been able to. You think they would find that way? But see, metal detectors, uh, they're imperfect. If it, if it was like a something like a uh, what do you call those things? X-ray. The X-ray would have found it, but you know, I'm not exactly sure a metal detector would have found something that, that small. I'm not because like if you think of like the shoelaces, the little eyelets in the shoelaces when you lace up the shoes, they tend to be beta metal, and uh, some people got uh, metal fillings in their teeth. So um, maybe you didn't find it because of those things. Uh, who who can say how sensitive those metal detectors oh, so were? So let's see the the transmit. I'm pretty. I'm not an air expert. I'm not an airplane expert, but I'm pretty sure a transmitter shouldn't even work, regardless of his not being in the plane. Because he's like, oh, I'm a hotwire this, and then you know, sticking in another plane. Oh, you talking about the uh, yeah the transponder? Uh huh. Oh, like, well, he. They, he probably connected it to the other plane. No, so. he didn't. Remember, oh, he, just, he just had it in the box itself. Oh, all he, he did, he hooked it all up. he did was connect wires together, tied them up, handed him the transmitter. No, he, he connected it to the battery. They had a big, a battery. They oh. had a giant battery. He connected the transponder to the battery, so that's how it was drawing power. Still, <laughs> I, I, I find that complete dumbness right there. <laughs> well, see, I'm, I'm not. I'm not an electrician, so I don't know how well that worked. It, it looked good to me. <laughs> it's like I'm glad. I'm glad they thought of it. Uh, so yeah, you're right. It was uh, con errors where a newly paroled ex-con and former U.S. Ranger Cameron Poe finds himself trapped in a prisoner transport plane when passengers seize control. And that was written by Kenneth Chrisom, and I got that from uh, IMDb, where we get most of our most of our little facts. From IMDb. Uh, once again, this re- this was released in June 6, 1997. So about what eleven months old. <laughs> yeah, that's for you to decide that. I, I'm not the mathematician uh, here. Uh, yeah, you're uh, around eleven. Um, let's see. Um, and it grossed a uh, 224 million dollars box office on a 75 million dollar budget. So it was a hit. It was a hit. He had, although it had mixed 
reviews uh, because of the story, obviously. <laughs> you mean like how Nicholas Case has a southern accent for some odd reason? Because like... he's from Alabama. Uh-huh. Yeah. Can, didn't you see the beginning of the movie? He went home to Mobile, Alabama. See, that's your fault you didn't see that. That's your fault. And you like reading subtitles. See, that's the reason. And he actually went to Alabama to, quote, unquote, perfect his uh-huh. southern accent. Uh-huh. Now, what, how good and or how bad it was is not up to me to decide since I'm not from around there. But, uh, I mean, I, I grew up in part. I never really picked up uh, the North Carolina accent. But, um... Uh, what you call it? I don't know. I guess it it sounded authentic to me, but somebody from there would say, "Nah, that that ain't right at all. That 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 ain't right at all." <laughs> I can't uh-huh. say for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, let's see. It's yeah, and as you say, it stars uh, Nicholas Cage, also uh, John Cusack. That was the D. That's no Marshall. That was a U.S. Marshal that he, he had made friends with. Um, the the smarty pants. <laughs> that guy, he looked like he was wearing a suit suit. I was like, that that coat looked way too big. <laughs> uh, also starred John Malkovich. You remember which one that was? That that was the the bald prison that was in charge of everybody. That was that he was playing Cyrus the virus. Uh, Colmaney. Um, Colmaney was the dude that was driving that fancy sports car. He was, oh, I didn't even see it, but I was looking for it. But uh, on his keychain, he had a Star Trek emblem because for years he played uh, Chief O'Brien in the Star Trek shows in uh, uh, Deep Space Nine. And before then, he was on Star Trek The Next Generation. Um, Playing a character that's wildly different from the character he played in Star Trek. (laughs) Uh, They also had... Maketi Williamson, and I hope I said that right, but that was uh, the dude that needed his insulin, um, and he was in, uh, he was also in Forrest Gump, and that's the one, he's been in a bunch of movies, but I didn't even realize he was in this movie, because I only remember him from Forrest Gump, and I thought that he, it's like after Forrest Gump, I was like, I've, I felt like I've never seen him before or since, but he, he's been in a bunch of movies, and, and he played the character in Forrest Gump so well. That they thought that that's how he actually talked before his gun. <laughs> but no, he's just a regular dude. Uh, also, Nick Chunin, uh, Chinlin, uh, Renoli Santiago, Ving Rames, uh, Dave Chappelle in one of his first roles. Dave Chappelle, it was good seeing old Dave Chappelle in that I joke. already <laughs> noticed him off the bat. Right, when right. He started talking. Right. I was like, oh, that's Dave. Oh. Right. <laughs> oh, that wasn't hard. You know, he improvised most of his lines. I'm pretty sure most of them would. <laughs> right. Uh, Steve Pashimi, do you, uh, you recognize Steve Pashimi? No. He's the uh, the crazy one that you didn't know whether or not he was going to kill that girl. I feel like I have seen him before. Something probably like Spider-Man or something else. Something. Can't put my finger on it, but I know I've seen him before. Yeah, he's been in a bunch of movies. Uh, he, um, I'm trying to think where you might have seen him. Uh, the only thing I can think of. <laughs> that uh, off the top of my head is Reservoir Dogs. That was that movie is also before your time. Um, he was, uh, like I said, he's been in a bunch of movies. Usually movies, well, just all kinds of movies. He was in uh, Armageddon. Have you seen Armageddon? I don't believe so. Yeah, he was in that one. Uh, that was slightly after your time. But uh, it's, I can't think of a bunch of movies. Like I said, he's been in a bunch of movies. I can't think of them 
think of them right now. And Danny Trejo, you know, you remember him. Right? Oh yeah, everyone knows Danny. Yeah, everybody knows Danny. <laughs> Back then he was young and virulent. <laughs> I remember one time uh, he he was in this project and um, it was like uh, he kind of complained to his agent because it has so many lines in it. And uh, and his agent was like, it's, it's all right. You, you can do this. You can do this part. He's like, you don't understand. They hired me for my face. <laughs> he was like, oh, it's, I don't, I'm not this talkative in these movies. Uh, it was directed by Simon West. He's, he's directed a bunch of uh, action movies, including uh, Wild Card, The Expendables 2, Mechanic, uh, some episodes of Human Target, or at least one episode, Laura Croft, Tomb Raider, uh, the General's Daughter, and dozens of others. Uh, it was written by Scott Rosenberg. And he wrote Jumanji, The Next Level, and Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. He is the Jumanji man. Oh. Uh, Venom. The one that just came out. Uh, are you proud of that pun you made, huh? It seems like you're proud of that pun. I, 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 didn't, I didn't know. What pun did I make? Tell me, he's a Jumanji man. Basically, you're just being like, oh, yeah, look at that. He made two Jumanji movies. He's a Jumanji man. That's yeah. basically, yeah. you're, you're proud Jumanji of that. You're, uh, you're real proud of he it. He also did uh, Kangaroo Jack, Gone in 60 Seconds, and High Fidelity. Uh, so, oh, shit. I messed my notes up because I had a bunch of notes here. Oh, no, they're still here. They're just stories. Oh, I see. Oh, cool. Uh, <laughs> he cool. Got, uh, the music was composed by uh, Mark Mancina and... Trevor Rabin. Um, so what happened was it was started by Mark Mancina and then uh, it had conflict with another movie so it had to be finished by Trevor Rabin. And to me, it was just kind of standard action movie stuff. Nothing that really stood out about the, uh, that music. But um, the main themes, there was two main theme, theme songs in the movie and that was uh, How Do I Live Without You and that was originally sung by Leanne Rimes. But when she made that song, she was 14 years old. And I think thinking was they didn't want a 14-year-old singing a thing when <laughs> singing a thing song. So uh instead they got uh they, they got another artist and uh she basically redid that song for the movie. And then um Sweet Home Alabama and uh that was sung by a band called Leonard Skinner. So but it's like How Do I Live Without You? That was a brand new song that came out. But the Leonard Skinner song that came out a while ago. That's a very old man. Hmm, excuse me. It was produced by uh, Jerry Bruckheimer. This is the first movie that he did without his partner, um, Simon, something Simon, um, Don Simpson. Don Simpson, not Simon. <laughs> oh, excuse me. They were a team. They did lots of action movies together. They were a team. They were unbreakable. But Don Simon hated this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and he, I guess when he saw the script or whatever, he hated the concept of the movie of uh, prisoners taking over a plane. He hated that, so he was out. So uh, Bruckheimer decided to do it all by his lonesome. And sadly, uh, Don Simpson uh, died shortly after. Uh, so let's get down to some trivia, shall we? <laughs> so uh, John Cusack also didn't like this movie. John Cusack, remember, he played the, the agent. Yeah, so he hated this movie so much that he refused to do any press events for it. Like, well, normally when you do a movie, you go out and you do press events, you answer questions or whatever. He didn't do none of that. He just stayed in his hotel room. He hated this movie. And John, John uh, Malkovich, 
he didn't like uh he was unhappy during production because they kept rewriting the script they kept changing his line he doesn't know what his character is going to do because they keep changing his line and it, he hated that uh as i said dave Chappelle, he just made up he just made up his lines <laughs> um and there was a part in the, um there's a part in the movie where garland green uh garland green was that crazy murder that's played by steve Buscemi. so uh while Sweet Home Alabama is playing in the background, he says, Define irony. A bunch of idiots dancing around in the plane to a song made by a famous band that died in a plane crash. And uh, that's, he said that because several, men, several members of Leonard Skinner died on a plane crash in October 20, 1977. So that's why he made that comment. But uh, let's see. To continue, Nicolas Cage, as I said before, traveled to Alabama to perfect his accent. Um, the film is dedicated to Phil Swartz. Uh, it's an, he's an effects specialist. Sadly, he died during filming. Uh, I mentioned How Do I Live? Is, uh, and it was nominated for both an Oscar for Best Original Song and a Razzie as the worst original song. It didn't win either of those. <laughs> That's somehow a miracle. Right. Uh so uh, let's see. I, I mentioned how Don Simpson hated that. Oh, and this is an interesting thing. Uh, Con Air, Face Off, and The Rock are considered by many Nicholas Cage fans to be the holy trinity of action films. Or at least uh, his action films. They they almost came out back to back together. That that basically put Nicholas Cage in high esteem. That's why people in my generation they look at Nicholas Cage like, man, he's one of the greatest movie stars. And and then kind of stopped. He, he stopped making great movies. Right? We don't know what happened. We don't know what happened. Ghost Rider. There you go. But that was actually a pretty good movie. Yeah, maybe not as great as it could have been. But it was, and it's something that he wanted to do because he loves comic, uh, comic books. As you know, um, his, his last name isn't actually Cage. It's uh, Coppola. He changed his name because he didn't want, he wanted to make his career on his own. He didn't want to get work because he was the son of Francis Ford Coppola, he wanted to get work as his own person, so he changed his name. So he chose a comic book character as his name. He chose Luke Cage's name. So uh, the critics, they were like uh, uh, 56%, like the professional critics, the audience, like BS, this is 75%. (laughs) 75% score. So uh, we're going to talk about uh, more of the critics club. We're going to talk about our, our feelings and how we uh, thought, how, how, how we, our opinions about the film. We're going to say whether we liked it or not. And, uh, well, you already know how I liked it. I thought it was great. That's why I chose this movie. But we will continue right, right after a word from which one? If I remember, it's Nuka-Cola. Nuka-Cola. Nuka-Cola, yeah. Nuka-Cola. It just tastes good. Horrible slogan. I, you need to change that. <laughs> well, it's the sponsor. Just you need to talk to them. We'll be right back. Friends, there's a beverage coming up of the horizon that's going to give you that sweet, full-bodied taste you've always wanted. It's got that caffeine that'll put a pep in your step. It's got that flavor that'll make your mouth go pop. It's got that sweetness that'll make you forego all other refreshments. That's right, folks. We're talking about Nuka-Cola that's being developed in our labs right now. 
Our focus groups have determined that Nuka Cola is the greatest soft drink ever developed, and with an excessive amount of caffeine and 120% the recommended daily amount of sugar, Nuka Cola is guaranteed to keep you awake for your late night gaming sessions. This amazingly delicious and refreshing drink, whether served ice cold, lukewarm, or hot out of the microwave, is perfect for those overnight drives from New York City to Denver, Colorado. Nuka Cola will go perfectly with everything from medium steak and potatoes to cheesecake and popcorn. It's great for all occasions, from Bob Misfits to funerals. It's yummy for all ages, from premature babies to your 101-year-old grandma. That's right, folks. Nuka Cola is on its way, and it's the greatest soft drink that you've ever tried. Nuka Cola. It just tastes good. Good, 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 good. And we're back. We're back. We're back at the uh, Backlick Cinema Podcast. And uh, as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, um, we, we had some... Uh, technical difficulties that that I technically accidentally erased half of the podcast. So uh, this is actually recorded at a later time. That's why the audio might sound a little different to your ears. And uh, so I'm out here in these streets and uh, Zachary is at home. I'm out in these streets trying to dodge coronavirus because I've been told I'm a such a worker. (laughs) Zachary is saving Uh home. you know, under, you know, undercover, protected from the virus. So uh, this is actually recorded a week later. So we have to recall our thoughts from when we watched uh, the movie like a whole week ago. Uh, and, um, you know, just just the thing that we have to do to overcome adversity when you erase stuff off your computer by accident. <laughs> so without further ado, Zachary, what was your favorite parts of Con Air? My favorite parts would be when, uh, I forgot his name, Connor, I believe. I forgot the main protagonist's name. When he told one of the uh, convicts to put the bunny back in the box because that bunny was for his daughter. And he's put like, oh, yeah. Back in sure. the box. Yeah, and he doesn't take him seriously. And then he gets, he dies because of it. Oh, Another yeah, good get... part mm-hmm. is what? No, I was just saying, yeah, they're getting a good fight. Mm-hmm. Another good part was when uh, the first time they go down there is when they had to pull the wheels up because something was causing them to, uh, to have weight and that caused the wheels to go up. So when they go down there, they see one of the dead, uh, a dead body down there. It's like, oh, so that's what happened to him. Right. <laughs> well, toss him out. And as the other guy turns around, I think it was Diamond Dog, he turns around and that's when the main protagonist takes a Sharpie starts riding on the body, making sure he doesn't get caught. And then oh, you're talking about when it, Nicolas Cage, I think, what was his name, Connolly or Connor? I can't remember either. But yeah, when Nicolas Cage, when they remember. find Dave Chappelle's body, Nicolas Cage starts writing a, a uh, help. He Yeah, they, he starts writing uh, a help, help message. Me yeah, on, on his shirt. <laughs> and then toss him off the body. Next, you know, it goes down to where two couples are in a car and the guy is complaining that a bird just took a dump on his car after he just got it clean. He's like, this always happens. Every time I get the car clean, a bird always takes a dump on my car. And the wife's like, oh, you already know what they say. That's always some good luck. And before they can even start moving when the light turns green, they shift her body just plants hard on the car. I'm just like, wow. Not only did you get bird dump on your car, but you also got a dead body too. Yes, that's, that's well good luck right there. Yeah, yeah, that that was excellent luck. luck, right? So, uh, 
I don't like this is a whole week ago. So my memory of the movie is already fuzzy. But uh I really liked almost everything that Dave Chappelle did. I I, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but Dave Chappelle, he had he improvised all of his, well, most of his lines. So everything he said was funny is basically classic Dave Chappelle. Uh, and then um, when one particular part is in his part of the plan that you had mentioned earlier, uh, he while, while they were all shackled, he had a substance hidden within his body. So he had a string that he could reach uh, that was sticking, that was in his mouth, it's probably under his tongue or whatever. So he starts pulling on the string and he pulls out this, uh, a balloon filled with liquid. And uh, the man sitting next to him was a large Native American man. And uh, he, he, he's, he looks at the man and says, I hope you don't take this personally. I start squirting the liquid all over the man. And then uh, he finds a match somewhere and he likes to do it on fire. And uh, that causes an emergency, a distraction. And uh, the other prisoners that were part of their plan uses that distraction to uh, stage their escape. So that was that was marvelous. That was uh, a, a great part. And also the part where Nicolas Cage says, uh, put the bonnet back in the box. That's that's classic. Everybody loves that. That is, <laughs> if anybody remembers anything about Con Air, that's the part they remember. And I, I just don't like- Don't forget that. I would say, don't forget that when, uh... Dave Chappelle was running towards a plane. He needed help to get to stop the plane. And he saw the guy that he lit on fire. And he's like, help, help, come on, help me, man. And then the guy just, just chuckled, laughed right. at him. And then Dave Chappelle just flipped him off like, all right, then screw you then. It's like, well, you expect him to not hold a grudge after you lit him on fire? Okay. Right, right, right. <laughs> that that was funny. Uh, he ended up in the plane. Uh, and then next thing you know, he was... Uh, he was caught up in a real well. Now that was uh that was what was causing problems later on in the movie. But yeah, uh it was an all-around great action flick. It was uh one of the best movies of that time. Uh one of the greatest Nicolas Cage films. Uh, yeah, there were there were some problems with the plot. Uh there was a problem with uh, you know, when uh when his wife got pregnant. I, I didn't understand that. Uh there there was some uh there were probably a whole bunch of technical problems with uh you know security procedures or whatnot but yep. you know it, the 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 movie was such a great experience that it was one of those things where you can overlook whatever feelings the plot had and um and just sit back and enjoy it yeah true so um now that we've talked about that there's there's something i wanted to go over because uh we don't normally do any kind of uh, news or upcoming events on this on this show, but I wanted to make mention of some some news that had occurred because there was a lot of news that came out out of Disney because Disney had their I guess an investor meeting or whatever, so they talked about their upcoming slate in 2021. So uh, mm -hmm. the first thing I want to cover is. Um, Star Wars has like nine new shows coming out on Disney Plus. <laughs> they're they're going hard on Star Wars. No. So have you heard about this? No, I, I don't pay attention to things like this. 
Okay, so uh, the first one uh, I want to talk about is this one called Acolyte. Acolyte is apparently uh, something that happens during the High Republic era. So this is like thousands of years before we see Luke Skywalker or Obi-Wan or any of those people. So um, they said it's a mystery thriller set in the last days of a new era. So, uh, well, actually, I don't know what the High Republic is. Is that is that the future or the past? I don't even know. Let's see. I'm. No, you won't at, know until you get there. It says the galaxy is a, is at peace. The High Republic is the newest era of the Star Wars toy selling from Lucasfilm. Um, so I guess this is after the the events of all the films. I don't know what, like you said, we'll, we'll find out. Yeah, because that the stuff that happens in the past is the old Republic. So the high Republic must be the new stuff. Um, there is a, there's a, what you call it? A, 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 how do I want to say this? It's a limited series with uh, Andor Cassian. Um, what is it? Is it Andor Cassian? Cassie and Andor, my bad. Cassie and Andor. It's a series called Andor. Um, do you uh, know anything about, do you remember who Cassie and Andor is? I want to say it's the guy who said it's a trap, but other than that, no. No, no. Uh, Cassie and Andor is a human. So <laughs> he was in Star you know. Wars. He was in Rogue One. Did you see Rogue One? Uh, possibly. I don't remember. Rogue One is when they stole the plans from the Death Star. Oh, yeah, yeah. Then I remember seeing that then. Okay, so Andor, he's a, a rebel spy. And the, the first thing he does is he shoots somebody because the guy's about to blow his cover. And uh, he's Latino. His uh, The actor who right. plays him is Diego Luna. So um, he was the one who said that everything he does, he does for the, the rebellion. Uh, and I think that means like, you know, if he has to kill somebody, he's going to kill somebody. If he have to choke somebody out, he's going to choke somebody out. He'll do anything necessary for the new Republic. So uh, it's, <laughs> it's that guy's story. So they're going to tell, as you know, uh, nobody survives at the end of uh, that movie. Uh, spoilers. Yep. <laughs> it's not but, spoilers uh, at this point. Spoilers for a 10-year-old movie. Is it? No, it's, it's like five years old. Spoilers for a five-year-old movie. But anyways, uh, so he, um, so this is these, this is his origin story, or this is his story uh, before he, uh, before the events of that movie. And apparently Hayden Christensen is going to reprise his role as Darth Vader. Do you remember who Hayden Christensen is? Not really, but I'm guessing he's the guy that's in the Vader shoot. Well, he will be. He is. Uh, he played Anakin Skywalker. Or the voice of. No, he, okay. he actually played. He played Anakin Skywalker in the first, uh, second, and third episode. So he, as Anakin Skywalker, he became Darth Vader. So in episode three, that's when you see him in the Vader suit for the first time. And normally, when they need Darth Vader, they'll just get some random bodybuilder to put on the Vader. I mean, before they had just one guy, uh, the guy that recently passed away. Uh, and he was basically Darth Vader because no one else played Darth Vader uh, until um, until the new movies came out. And so when the new movies came out, uh, they started getting different actors to play to to be in a Vader suit. 
So um, mm-hmm. that they would have Hayden Christensen put on a Vader suit. That that's different. <laughs> so and, uh, so that that'll be exciting to see what that looks like. So I, I guess they want to get him because he's probably going to take off his helmet a lot. Since I mean, because otherwise, what's the point? Um, also, uh, there is uh, a spinoff of the Mandalorian, and it's called Rangers of the New Republic. And guess who's going to be featured uh-huh. in that show? I'm guessing the child. No, face, not the uh, child. Not the child. Uh, I'm guessing it was a Jedi. I can't remember her name. Ahsoka Tano. Her? Yes, it's going to be focusing yeah, okay, yeah, on Ahsoka her. Tano. There's going to be a series based on Lando Calrissian. And that, to me, that's uh-huh. crazy. That's crazy. Uh, it's going to be uh, from the Dear White People creator, Justin Simeon. But I'm just like, whoa, they're doing a Lando series? That's crazy. That's too much Star Wars already. Uh, and then they got some animation. They got, uh, it's called The Bad Batch, which is, it says a show about a group of rogue stormtroopers. Um Let's see what else. Uh, there's a film called Visions. Um, there's going to be animation. There's going to be a, a show called A Droid Story, which apparently is going to be a new droid that joins R2D2 and C3PO. And uh, uh, for some reason, they said nine, but I don't know if I did nine. I'm looking at the story up and down. This story is from Polygon, but it's really all over the place. But I'm getting this particular one from Polygon. I don't think I counted nine, but. Uh, but that's a lot of shows. That's that's a lot of Star Wars. That that might be more Star Wars than the market can bear. <laughs> it's Disney. They'll be fine. Yeah. It's like, you're going to watch one of these shows, god dang it. Uh, and then this other website there's, says there's two more. There's 10 Star Wars shows. So what what do they have? <laughs> what information Who do knows? they have? Who knows? Uh, uh, but and then, like like I said, this is Disney, so uh, they got Marvel news. Um, I'm looking at a picture of Kevin Feige standing next to the Marvel sign, and incorporated with this Marvel sign, where it says Marvel Studios, is the four for. Guess who that's for? Fantastic Four. The Fantastic Four. <laughs> so <laughs> they're definitely uh, planning uh, the Fantastic Four. Um, to actually bring them back in the light and give them birth again because they was like, hey, Fox have it. Let's just kill them off. Well, no, they're doing a whole new thing. It's like it, their Fantastic Four won't be related to anything that Fox does. This is them bringing the Fantastic Four into That's what I'm uh, saying. Marvel they're Street. bringing it yeah. back since right. they killed it off. Oh, yeah, that, that, that last like Fantastic movie, I didn't see it, but uh, people were saying it was horrible. So I take their word for it. It was like, I don't need to waste two hours of my time to find out that they it. were right. <laughs> um they found we found out that uh Christian Bale um we we found out who'll be playing in uh Love and Thunder. We knew that he was playing a villain. And uh it was actually Tessa Thompson that had kind of spilled the beans that he's going to be playing a villain. The villain is going to be I think his name is Gore the God Killer. I'm pretty sure or or the God something. The God Killer mugger, does that sound, does that sound like a name? The God Mugger? No, no. Uh, I don't know. So hold on, let me see if I can. I mean, I did, I did remember seeing a pic of a phase, a quote unquote phase six, where it's like Fantastic War, Deadpool, a new home, 
Spider, uh, I believe it was Spider-Man 3, along with something else I can't remember, but rumors are for Spider-Man 3, chances are they're going to do the Spider-Verse in it, where they have Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and uh, uh, why can't I never remember his name? The third Spider-Man, I can't remember his name for some reason. That's You're talking about the newest one? But they're going to have all, yeah, they're going to have uh, they're going to have all three of them on a big screen because it's a Spider-Verse. And it's going to have Doctor Strange involved because he's going to be the one opening up the portals or whatever to each different multiverse. Along with, the, I can't remember the name, but the actress that played as Gwen Stacy and uh, Amazing Spider-Man. Along with uh, the actress who played Mary Jane in the first three Spider-Mans going to be in it. But again, those are just rumors. Right. So, well. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that the rumor about Toby Maguire is factual. I think I've read somewhere that, you know, he's seen, uh, he's being fitted for uh, a costume. Now, I don't know if by costume, if they mean civilian clothes or the spider suit. And um, um, they, yeah. well, the rumors talked about that, that Andrew Garfield hasn't even signed anything yet, but it's in talks. Right, right. So, yeah, that's, uh, but it, it looks like, they they haven't really confirmed that it's going to be like Spider Man is going to be in the multiverse, but it, it certainly looks like it. It's certainly tying everything together to to come that way. Um, might as well, right, right. Uh, Samuel Jackson is going to be back as Nick Fury, and it's going to have feature Ben Mendelsohn, and they're going to be in a show called Secret Invasion, and that's coming to Disney Plus. And uh, Secret Invasion is based on a comic series where the scrolls, that's uh the green guys with the pointy ears. Yep, yes. Uh, they can change what they look like. They're uh what do you call those things? Shape shifters. Shape shifters. Yeah, you know. And uh so he uh so basically the scrolls are shapeshifting and they're taking over the government uh or various high positions in the governments on earth, and that's why it's called the secret invasion. So that's gonna be interesting. Um there's a trailer, there's another trailer out for, for Loki show. They got a brand new trailer for Wanda and uh WandaVision. So you should check that out because it's it's more meat on it. It's not like before it was just a, a teaser, but this one is like an actual trailer. And so you can see it's her funny how the teaser it, the teaser to me looked like it was fan made from the screen uh the screenshots. I was like, it looks fan made, it doesn't even look like it's real. Well, the teaser is good, but when you see the when you see the actual trailer, this is like the first world trailer, you can see her change reality around her. So that's going to be awesome. <laughs> and then you can see that, uh, you know, like the vision is confused almost. He doesn't actually come out and say it, but you almost get the feeling where he's asking, why am I here? Right. So that mm-hmm. that basically got me more excited. I think I wonder if they said it was going to come out January, January 21st. I think that's when that comes out. Um, there's going to be a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Volume three. Oh, yeah, no, holiday not special. volume three. Not volume three. Holiday Wait, that was on special. Special. But yeah, that was on phase, uh, quote unquote, phase six of Guardians of the Galaxy volume three. Oh, I was like, okay. Yeah, no, this, this, this is going to be released before volume three. Before, before volume three, they're going to release sense. the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. And uh, it's going to be shot alongside Guardians of the Galaxy 3. It's going to come out on Christmas 2022. 
What'd you say? Uh-huh. I said, so, so it has a way of tying in. I, I don't know what the plan is. I'm just shocked that they're doing it. And then after that, they're, they're going to do, uh, they're going to release Guardians of the Galaxy number three in 2023. And I think the last thing I have on this is Groot is going to have a, his own show. His own Called I Am Groot. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. But what other show could it be? Oh, I almost forgot. There's, uh, shoot, I wonder how many I, I missed. Uh, I missed two. Um, there's actress Dominique Thorne. She'll play Riri Williams. And um, and it's going to be a show called Ironheart. Are you familiar with Ironheart? No. So Ironheart, oh, there was also something about, um, before I forget, let me mention it. What's her name? They're, they had set pictures of uh, Hawkeye, the show Hawkeye, and have mm-hmm. Kate Bishop as Hawkeye. Like they had a picture of her in costume somewhere. And then Miss right. uh, Marvel is going to be a series on Disney+. Plus. So let me mention those two things because it's not in front of me where I can read it. But uh, and so they got the actress and everything. They showed a video of when the actress found out that she was chosen from uh, from for Miss Marvel, and then they showed mm-hmm. the clips of the show. And so that that looks pretty good. It, I'm definitely be watching that. So uh, Ironheart and Miss Marvel, I uh and uh, Ironheart is, um, so in in the regular comics, uh, I don't know if Tony Stark stopped being Iron Man or. Or what I don't know exactly what happened, but basically, uh, he he finds this this girl, this uh, this teenage black girl who built an advanced suit of armor. Now I'm not exactly sure if it's based on his tech or not, but she builds it on her own, and um, and she calls herself Ironheart. So that's it. Uh, the show is going to be based on that character. So that is going to okay, be awesome. Yeah. Uh, and Don Chin- uh, Cheadle. Don Cheadle, do you remember who Don Cheadle is? No. Don Cheadle is, uh, what's his name, Rhodes, Rhodey, Rhodes. Anyway, he's Rhodes in Iron Man. You know, Iron Man's best friend. And he oh, wears yeah. A, uh, he wears a war, uh, war machine suit. The war machine. Yeah. So he's going to have his own series called Armor Wars. Uh-huh. So that's going to be strange because Armor Wars was a great, uh, it was it was a, 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 a long story arc that featured Iron Man. I actually bought the story arc. It's like, you know, uh, it was in a regular series. It's not like you had to buy a special edition. So so during the regular series of Iron Man, uh, they had this uh, a long story arc that took up, I don't know, like 10 issues, I guess, like pretty much most of the year, I think. Or maybe it was only three issues. My memories is funny, is fuzzy. But anyway... In the in this story, Iron Man's technology has uh, has been taken. It's like people have taken Tony Stark's technology and using them for evil. So he decides that enough is enough. He's going to go after all of these villains and some allies and basically destroy their armor so that they're not using his technology. So that's why it's called Armor right. Wars. And this is when he was wearing a, a, a red and white set of armor. So... Uh, but uh, obviously, uh, in a MCU, Tony Stark is no longer with us. So, um, yep, they have a what you call it. So they're gonna have um, 
war machine take its place. So uh, that that's about it. I'm going to hear all this again. I listened to a bunch of other podcasts and I'm going to hear all of this stuff again, <laughs> probably with way more enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah, and, probably. Uh, right. And uh, on a sad note, yeah, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, this actor named Tommy Lester. So mm-hmm. uh, Tommy Lester, for a lot of people my age, we know him as uh, Debo. And as Debo, he was the bully on um, this movie called Friday. Uh, Friday was a movie that starred Ice Cube and uh, Chris Tucker. And so that that was a great movie. It was a great comedy. It was it was an awesome comedy. It was a coming kind of like a coming of age story, I guess, for for younger, not even young adults, but older adults, like adults that should have moved out the house. <laughs> and uh, so Debo, he played he basically he plays a grown ass bully, just a grown just a grown man bullying people around the neighborhoods, taking their bikes and whatnot. So, but he's like, anytime you needed a big dude to do something threatening, you would get Debo. <laughs> he, I mean, you would get uh, Tiny Lester. Um, so he was, Hulk Hogan that did a film um, and he was the bad guy in that film. Uh, what was it called? Above the Rim, Over the Ropes. I can't remember what it was called. It was a dumb movie. It's not worth remembering, but he was in that. <laughs> well, see what happened was they blended uh, real light, well, real wrestling and that movie. So around the time that that movie came out, uh, Tiny Lester, he basically came on the WWE and wrestled as that character, and that character was called Zeus. So uh, he did that. He was also, you haven't seen uh, The Fifth Element, have you, with Bruce Willis? I think I have, but probably at the same time not. Right. So in that movie, they kind of played him against type. He's like I said, he's always playing a giant bully, but in the fifth element, he actually played, uh, what you call it? He played the president of the earth or the colonies or something like that. He was basically the president. And so that's not a role that he usually takes, but he was taking it in that in that movie. So that was crazy. And um, what was the other thing? Oh, we just seen him. We just seen him in a movie, but he was a, uh, kind of a background character. He was in Universal Soldier. Uh, he was basic. I think he was the only black soldier in the Universal Soldier program. He was like the giant black man. Actually, remember when uh, what's his name, Dolph Lundgren, the the crazy soldier, when he was dragging those bodies yeah. to the restaurant, and one of them was a black uh, man. He that was yeah. Tony Lester. That was Tony Lester. Uh. Oh, also, uh, one last thing you would remember him from. You do you remember the Dark Knight? Is it? Yeah, I think it's the Dark Knight. Yeah, I'm 90% sure. Come yeah, on, Batman. Movie. Yeah, Batman. The, the, the yeah. Dark Knight. So in that movie, um, the Joker gave the city a choice. They can blow up a boat full of tourists. Or oh, let me guess. Up. He was one of the prisoners that said, yeah, let's just blow up the other ship. Wasn't right, he? but guess which prisoner he was. Like I said, I'm guessing he was the one in the, in the front ground. Yeah, he the was one, one that, that. Go ahead. Uh, I, like I said, he was the one that said we should go ahead and blow up the ship. He was the one that, uh, like the guards, had the trigger to destroy the boat. Oh, he and grabbed the trigger and then threw it off the said, ship. He didn't grab it. He said, "Give it to me. You don't have the, oh. the guts to do it. So give it to me." 
give it to me. And the guard was like, shoots it and gave it to him because he didn't want to blow up the ship. And yeah, you're right. He did it. And I think he threw it over the boat and then went and sat down because I think it was a control to blow it. I can't, I can't remember, but he didn't. I think it was a control to blow up the other boat. Yeah, basically, Joker had three bombs. One was two of them was on a ship that would blow each uh blow up the other ship, and the one he had would blow up both of them regardless. Right, right, right. So they had to choose. They had to choose to blow each other up, and uh, and Tiny Lester threw the control over because I guess he felt like it was he did not want to destroy I guess innocent people or whatnot. Uh. He he didn't feel you like like he was the moral authority on that boat basically, <laughs> or he was the moral authority on both boats in spite of being a prisoner. So uh, yeah, that, that he was a powerful actor. Uh, uh, every time Tiny Lester on a, got on the screen, you got excited because you you know that some crap is about to go down, some stuff is about to go down if Tiny Lester's on the screen. All right. <laughs> so uh, you know what? I think we did it. I think we. I think we've uh, filled in the holes of this podcast. So uh, possibly. <laughs> so I'd like to thank everybody for joining us. Thanks for putting up with the uh, the kind of shenanigans that went on. Uh, sorry that I messed up the recording, uh, but I think if I don't mess this one up, then uh, we can fix it. We can fix everything. We'll see you yeah. next. Uh, I actually. Uh, uh, we're recording now and then we'll do another recording probably Friday or Saturday and uh, we'll watch another movie. And uh, I think the next movie is supposed to be Die Hard 2. Is that what I said the last time? I'm pretty sure that is what you said with Die Hard 2 since already seen Die Hard. Let's do it. Let's do Die Hard 2. All right. I'll talk to you later. I'll talk to you, fam. I'll see you guys later. Peace out. <laughs>